0: episode number 42. Hi, you're listening to the Careers Beyond Motherhood podcast with your host Janine Esbrand. I'm here to help working mums like you to thrive in your careers and in motherhood. I share tips, strategies and inspirational conversations with awesome women to help reduce the struggle in your juggle. My first day, mommy. Hello, hello and welcome to the show. It is great to be back with you once again. Today I'm really excited about the episode and our upcoming guest because this is the first interview that I've done with a man on the show. So we are flipping the script and instead of focusing on a career beyond motherhood, we're going to be focusing on a career beyond fatherhood. So we are speaking to Alan Reid, who is a director of Hybrid Lead. Which is a non traditional law firm which is pushing boundaries in the legal industry and showing how flexible working can really work on a practical level. So, in this episode, you'll hear me speak to Alan about how his desire for flexibility led him to leave his role working for a large PLC to transition to working for hybrid legal and how his role now allows him the flexibility to spend more time with his family. Uh, We also really hear about the male perspective on the work life balanced debate. We're often hearing about women, we're often hearing about the struggles from our perspective, but it's really refreshing to hear how dads feel about dad guilt and how they feel about um, not being able to see their children or the struggles that come with juggling your career with family life. So without further ado, let's jump right in and hear from Alan. Hi, Alan. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so excited that you're here. Please, could you introduce yourself to our audience?
1: Thanks, Janine. Uh, well, I'm delighted to join you as well. So, uh, I'm a director at Hybrid Legal. I've been with Hybrid for three years, and I co-own and run that business along with my partner, business partner Ryan Lisk. Like lots of small businesses, I've got a, a sort of multitude of different roles. I do business development. I'm also the FD and I um, also do marketing uh, and um, also people management as well. So I've got a kind of broad uh, range of roles. My background is not law though. I um, come from a financial services background. So I was in that industry for 28 years and I worked for latterly Standard Life where I ran corporate distribution or corporate sales um, for. 10 years in the uh, UK. So that's a bit about me.
0: Awesome. So one of the questions I often ask my guests, because I normally interview mothers on the show, is how motherhood has affected their career or made any impact on their career. So it would be great to ask you because we never really hear from dads. People don't often ask, you know, how are you managing things as a working dad? So for you, I know that you're a father of three. So has being a parent impacted your career in any way?
1: Yes I think it has definitely so I um, I do have three children my eldest daughter is 18 and then I have two younger children who are 11 and uh, 8 respectively. I've got a further sort of challenge in as much as my eldest daughter is actually from my first marriage and she lives with her mum in um, East Anglia uh, and I live in um, Chandler's Road in Southampton so uh, and that's been the case for a, a number of years but we've got a great relationship and I see a lot of her but that Traveling to see her and bring her, her down to 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 be with my um, my family uh, has has also had some implications over the over the years. One of the reasons that I wanted to get out of working for Standard Life and a big PLC, uh, and I had a a relatively senior job at, at, at Standard Life. I was a director of the firm. Was because I found that I was spending a lot of time away from home. So typically that looked like being in Edinburgh or London for two to three nights a week, which in some respects doesn't sound that much. And I know other people are away from home a lot longer. But when you combine that with a sort of busy and stressful job, and I think the time it takes to kind of prepare to go away on a Monday or a Tuesday, and then also reconnect with the house and the family when you come back having been away for two or three nights actually it takes up a very significant portion of your week and I was finding that personally having done that for 10 years two things one I was a little bit tired of all that traveling Uh, and secondly I felt that as my children were beginning to get a little bit older I wasn't having enough time with them Mm. and so I had the opportunity to kind of escape the clutches of PLC at land and I was already involved with hybrid as a non-exec director uh, and then I had the opportunity to get out and I took it and that allowed me to go and work for hybrid full time and, and I've really really enjoyed not being away from home <laughs> and spending more time with my with my wife and my kids uh, and working flexibly you know I, I work from home quite regularly when I need to also in our office in Southampton so I'm working from home today for example so I- Obviously, I, I can't. I don't have the same experience as a lot of your listeners, but I can really empathise with the challenges of trying to manage a career and also responsibilities as a parent.
0: Yeah, I think that's awesome. It's really great to hear the other side and the other perspective in terms of it's not just mums who want to spend time with their children, it's also dads too. So it's good to, to hear how you made that transition because you were feeling like you weren't spending enough time with your family.
1: Yeah absolutely and I think also I think there's a there's a little bit of a stigma sometimes attached to that I think for for dads maybe you know I don't want to make an over sort of generalization really but it's not something that you hear a lot of fathers talking about you know the fact that especially at more senior levels where they're trying to really sort of pursue that career they're very they can be very career focused I think and and it's not. It's not often, in my experience, certainly at that kind of level, that you hear a, a, a man saying, uh, "Well, career's going really well, and um, the job's going really well, and I'm really enjoying it." But you know what? I don't get much time at home, or I don't get to see my kids that much. I, I don't recall having many of those conversations when I worked for a big PLC. Yeah. But I think it's 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 a really important. Um, uh, area. And I think it's it's maybe something that more dads will talk about. And, and that sort of links in with aspects of the law, as you'll know, Janine, in terms of things like paternity leave, etc.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So with um shared parental leave coming in, looking at the stats, it's almost compared to other countries that are that are doing it, in the UK it's only one percent of dads that are taking it up. And so we really need that to improve. And I think that's going to improve when more when we see more men doing it and more men talking about it as a positive thing, I think the stigma will then be able to kind of be removed a bit. And people will actually say, actually, I would like to do it. But I think right now we're at a place where not many men want to put their hand up and say, yeah, I do want to take a few months out. And that doesn't mean I'm any less committed to my career. It just means I want to spend time with my family. Um, Yeah, absolutely.
1: I I think the other thing just to cheer with you actually is that there's a kind of further change uh, for us as a family coming along because my wife has actually literally just been offered a job. Um, yesterday, having not worked for seven years, um, She's the kids are getting a little bit older now. My younger daughter is about to go to secondary and she has been offered a job with a, a, a local uh, company and something that she's really passionate about doing. And there's, I suppose the point of telling you this is that there's no way that I think we would be able to make that work as a family were it not for the fact that I've got a bit of flexibility now in terms of my role. So she's not working full time, she's going to be working nine till three. It's quite exciting, I think, for us and for her to get back into into work really. So um so that's another sort of interesting dynamic that's going on for us at the moment.
0: Yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm excited for her. It's nice, especially if she's been out for seven years to say actually yes, I'm going to go back and I'm going to do something that I'm passionate about. So that's exciting. So can you tell us a bit more about hybrid legal? I really like um, the the ethos of, of the firm and the way that you run. So it would be good for you to share a bit with the audience, kind of how, how, you, how it's set up and how your business model is a bit different from a traditional law firm? Thanks,
1: Janine. Yes, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, Hybrid. So Hybrid are uh, a law firm, but as we like to say, not as you would know it. We have a different model, and I'll tell you about that in a second. Effectively, what we do is we provide legal services for small to medium-sized businesses. So that's our core market. We do deal with startups and small businesses up to a million in turnover, but a lot of our clients are in the one to 20 million turnover category. And we provide services in four core areas, corporate, so corporate transactions, commercial, anything to do with the trading relationship of the client, intellectual property and employment and HR. Uh, So those are the four practice areas we focus on. Um, What makes us different is there's probably half a dozen or so things that make us uh, uh, different. The first thing is we only ever operate on fixed fees. uh, So we don't charge clients by the hour. And SMEs in particular really like that model um, because it gives them certainty about what they're going to pay and they can manage the cash flow accordingly. The second thing that makes us different is the way that we are structured. So we have a fairly small team in our kind of head office, if you like. That sounds a bit grandiose because we are a small business, but Mm -hmm. there's a small team in the, uh, there's half a dozen of us in the office. But our legal expertise is delivered by a team of self-employed associates who uh, predominantly work from home. They have expertise in those particular four disciplines that I talked about. Uh, And broadly speaking, we've got two in each of those disciplines that we use on a very regular basis, so about eight, but we have another four or so bringing the complement up to about 12 that we use less frequently. Of that team, two-thirds of them are women who have either worked in a regional law firm or in a city law firm and who've taken time away from their career to start a family, to have children, and then have wanted to come back into uh, the legal profession but not working on a full-time basis, or certainly not working the kind of demands from an hours perspective that you would expect to see in that environment. So whatever, 50 hours or plus a week, they just can't do that. They need the flexibility because of wanting to spend time with their their children, obviously, and childcare commitments. So what is great from our perspective uh, with that model is that they... Uh, it keeps our overhead low because they're working from home as opposed to us working in a larger office and providing all the facilities for them. They can work flexibly at a time that suits them. So that's, you know, ideal uh, from our perspective. And we get access to women who are very experienced and expertise in their particular field, which is obviously fantastic for our clients. So we find, and, you know, that has client benefits in terms of the flexible way in which these associates work, but also to the bottom line, because typically we can provide uh, the kind of service that one might get at a senior associate or partner, one-off partner level at, at a typical law firm, but at a value point that might be twenty or twenty-five percent less. Um, you know, being being open about that, uh, so we find that that's a model that that really works for us. Although they are self-employed, we try to treat them like they're part of the business so they're engaged in the business in the direction of the business you know we ask them to input into lots of areas as I think you've seen because I put some of those associates in contact with you on the survey that you were doing recently so that's really how we're different so that that model around fixed fees and that different operating model uh, and also our focus I suppose a couple of other things just to throw in we we have a different sort of brand and culture to most law firms. So we we try to be as unlike a traditional law firm as we can. We're a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more fun in the way that we dress. And we try to use language that ordinary people would appreciate and understand and avoid legalese. We don't wear suits typically. We, we wear jeans and shirts. So a different kind of brand we try to differentiate from others. And I suppose the final point to make is that You may be aware that there's some regulatory change coming down the line. So the SRA have been consulting in conjunction with the Commission and Markets Authority about changing the regulatory landscape and allowing solicitors who are qualified as such to hold themselves out or represent themselves as solicitors even if they work in a non-regulated firm. Mm -hmm. Whereas at the moment... Uh, You cannot call yourself a solicitor or refer to yourself as a solicitor if you uh, work in an unregulated firm. And that's going to change, and that is expected to be introduced in the spring of 2019. And we see ourselves at the kind of forefront of that change because we're not a regulated firm, but we do have solicitors that work for us, and they are regulated in their own right. But until this change, we haven't been able to call them such. Uh, and I'll just finish that point by saying we applied to go early, and we are working with the SRE in what they call their innovation space to actually affect that change ahead of time. And we're only one of ten firms in the UK uh, that are doing things like that, uh, working with the SRE. So that's quite exciting as well.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. It's so great to hear about the innovation and the different approach. I was I attended a, a roundtable discussion earlier on this week at uh with the law society and we were looking at ways to improve women being able to climb the ranks in the legal industry so we were talking about some of the challenges and some of the things that came up were things around like the billable hour and how that makes it difficult for people to maybe work flexibly because you're compared against your peers who might be able to be working longer hours and we talked about the the need for flexibility but what the challenges are around that um with the with the mindset that people have you know some old school managers feel like you need to be in the office and in the same space in order to be effective so it's really good to hear that you're making it work not only for your consultants but also for your clients that you mentioned that it's working well for your for for the end user of the legal services so that's really good to hear and I think law firms need to realize that we don't necessarily have to stick to the old model of billable hour and people just being at their desk all the time there's definitely ways that you can still delight your clients and work flexibly.
1: Absolutely, yeah. No, I, I I totally agree. And and to be honest with you, flexible working is probably something that we'll do more of in terms of the employed team as well because we're growing. Uh, we have law graduates who come in and look after our retained clients because we also offer a subscription based service um, called Legal Plus. Um, where you get on demand legal guidance, for example, and we align a client what we call a client partner or some people might call a client manager to look after those clients and they are typically law graduates um, so we 're also creating opportunities for a different kind of job for law grads as well rather than doing a sort of paralegal probably copying lots of boring documents and things like that the sort of thing so so they come and do that role for us. And they get direct exposure to clients. Um, as we grow that team, because we are growing as a business, I can see us doing more with the employed team and saying, actually, you can work from home. And, you know, it's that old adage, Jeanine, isn't it? You know, work is something that I do, not somewhere that I go to. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, so it's a bit of a debate at the office at the moment especially between Ryan and I because on the one hand you could say we might need a bigger office on the other hand we might not because more of our team might work from home so we'll see how that pans out
0: it's awesome could you share any kind of tips for the working parents so someone who's who's working juggling it all and maybe feeling a bit overwhelmed by the demands that come with trying to do. To do the juggle because let's be honest it isn't easy um being a working parent so you you've been through it you're in it <laughs> so are there any tips that you would share with our audience around that hey 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 I am super excited because I have a handful of spots open for one-to-one coaching. I am looking to work with more of you who are highly ambitious, very driven, know where you want to get to but are struggling to get there because you feel as though you're being overlooked and undervalued for the contribution that you're making. You know that you need to get more visible, you know that you need to show up more, you understand that creating a personal brand that is speaking for you when you're not in the room is important so that you can move towards your career goals but you don't quite know how to make it happen and for you I am extending the invitation to come and join me inside of Elevate. This is my one-to-one high-touch coaching program that is designed to help you to advance into your next role, secure your next client, Position yourself for the opportunities that you want by being intentional with your personal brand, making sure that your digital footprint is tight. Yes, I mean LinkedIn is looking good and attracting the right opportunities and making sure that you're able to show up with confidence and fully articulate the value that you're able to bring to your next opportunity. I am excited to dig deep come up with your personalized strategy and your plan and support you with the accountability and coaching that is required to help you to get there. So if this sounds good to you, if you know that you need some support with really taking your career to the next level, book a call with me and let's explore you joining the Elevate program. So head over to careerchangemakers.com forward slash call so that you can book a fitting call and then let's have a conversation about whether or not this program is a good fit for you. I look forward to speaking to you.
1: I could certainly share some things to be aware of, I think, whether or not I can give you tips. I'll you know, I I, I, I speak from the heart in terms of my experience. One of the things that I find Really difficult, and and it's not so much, and, and and that is that when I come home and I've got a lot in my mind, or when I'm working from home, especially in the summer holidays. So I'm at home at the moment, and my two kids are in. My wife's in at the moment. I think they're going out shortly, and my lad uh, Dan is eight years old, and um, he'll trot into my office and say, "Dad, can we go and play in Hornby uh, trains?" Mm-hmm. And I. Um, have to say no and i find that really, really difficult um because it just makes me feel guilty that i'm not allowing allocating the time and i think it plays also to this sort of sometimes on you know maybe the rise of social media i've i've watched a few things recently about this topic where um you know there's a lot of pressure i think on on parents to you know have a fabulous especially women to have a a fabulous career and also be a brilliant parent and spend loads of time with your kids and play games with them and do all creative things and and also produce wonderful meals you know father or or mother you know and all that stuff you know and and I think a lot of people just beat themselves up sometimes I know I do about you know am I trying to do too much and just ending up being rubbish at everything and I, I think one thing I me time myself of from time to time is that sometimes it's just a little amount of time that that Daniel for example wants. You know, he doesn't necessarily want an hour and a half. And and sometimes I've tried to sort of I try and say yes more. So I'll try and sort of take a break out of what I'm doing uh, and you know say yeah let's go and play with the train set for 20 minutes. And just that little amount of time actually if I can take a break from what I'm doing, it's not always possible, but that little amount of time A Makes him a really happy, you know, son, uh, and B makes me feel that I'm not a rubbish dad. (laughs) So, so I think, you know, I suppose my top tip would be: be kind to yourself, don't beat yourself up, uh, don't immerse yourself in social media because you only see the good bits, not all challenging bits, and um, just do what you can. And that would be my my main piece of advice.
0: Yeah, I think that's great, and I think we do do that. We beat we do beat ourselves up so much, but when You think about it, the fact that you're you're thinking whether or not you should have done that means that you can't be a bad parent because you're actually thinking about your child's best interest and you're thinking about ways that you can spend some more time with them. Um, and so if if it's on the radar, then you must be someone who cares, right? So I think we 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 need to cut ourselves some slack and realize that sometimes the kids they, they will demand attention or, a lot, but if we can give them a little bit of time, they're happy with that. And then we can go back to what we're doing. Um, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, <laughs> which I think we sometimes feel like, OK, I'm at home. So really, I should be paying 100 percent attention. But things have to get done. Like my, my son will happily have me sit down and play with him, but we have to eat. So therefore, I have to go and cook sit and play with you for the whole afternoon. So, yeah, I think we have to have to realise that that we can't do it all, all the time
1: yeah no I, I agree with that and I think the other thing as well is I think in business now I find that more and more if I just am honest and just say actually sorry there's a bit of noise in the background um can you bear with me one second um and I t- turn away from the conference call I'm on or the phone call I'm on and I, I you know and I say to Daniel Daniel don't come into the office right now which he's not supposed to do but he doesn't always manage to follow that particular rule anyway so he comes in and i turn away from a call or whatever i might be doing when i'm interacting with a client and i have to just sort of say sorry bear with me a second it's quite surprising actually how the vast vast majority of people that you deal with at whatever level have got no issue with that whatsoever and just totally understand what it's like uh, not, not everybody, but the vast, vast majority. And I think sometimes we all want to sort of give this impression of the the swan gliding along the water mm-hmm. in a very professional manner. In uh, fact, it's all a bit turbulent underneath the water, isn't it? And um, But you know what? In my experience, most people get that and understand that uh, often because they've been through it themselves. And so I, I suppose another thing i would say if you can call it advice or a tip is you don't be too concerned about that um and i think if anything it just shows that you've got a human side and a life outside of whatever it is work-wise that you're doing
0: yeah absolutely and people often forget that that when you're doing business you're doing business with other people and we're all humans so people can connect with you more sometimes if they see that other side of you so it's it's not always something to shy away from sometimes it's good to embrace it depending on the circumstance (laughs) so I like to ask people whether or not they have any inspirational quotes that they that they hold on to or that they they remember that they can share because I love I love them I love quotes I love to hold on to them and share them with people at appropriate moments so do you have one that you could share
1: I do I, I I'm not a massive fan of of poetry really if I'm honest with you although funnily enough when I was a young young when I was at school I used to I used to write poetry but anyway maybe <laughs> that's something maybe I'll pick up again and my retirement, but um, there's a particular poem that I, I've always sort of found, and it's and in some respects is very well known, and it's and it could even be described as a cliche. But a poem called "If" by Rudyard Kipling, mm. uh, which many uh, people will be very familiar with, I'm sure. And there's a particular line or two lines within that poem, and and those lines are: "If you can meet with triumph and disaster, and treat those two impostors." just the same, I think is very, very powerful because I was in sales basically for 25 years in financial services. And um, a lot of what I did in the latter part of my career was um, was quite big, what I would describe as institutional sales. So you're working with FTSE 100 companies or their equivalents, and it's kind of five or six wins is the difference between zero and hero in 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 a year? So it's it's you know it was quite intense at times, and I always used to think of it as that roller coaster of you know <laughs> the crushing blow of losing an opportunity, and then the sort of the high of winning, and that's part of sales. And, and I, I'm still in sales now, you know, because I do business development. We're trying to win clients as a company and grow. But I think as I've got older and I'm 50 in October, uh, I've probably learned to kind of flatten out the highs of winning uh, and the lows of losing a little bit better. Because fundamentally, without getting too philosophical, I'm not sure life's necessarily about winning and losing. It's about the journey and Mm. how much you enjoy it along the way really
0: I love that that is such a good perspective but like you said it takes a while to get there right <laughs> I and mean, you change your perspective over time but yeah it's really really good to think of things in that way oh yeah. it's been so good interviewing you today Alan I've learned a lot and I think your perspective is going to be something that's refreshing um for our audience to hear so thank you so much well thank
1: you for giving me the opportunity I'm a big fan of what you're doing um, you know very keen to 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 continue to collaborate and very grateful to you uh, commenting uh, uh, and giving me your perspectives on some of the blogs that i've, I've been writing about I, I do want to talk more about that you know uh, and particularly about the whole subject of you know women working uh, in in the legal profession and following having children etc so i hope we'll get to spend more time as i say collaborating in the future
0: yeah awesome thank you It was so great to interview Alan and to hear his perspective. I think there are not enough men joining the conversation around flexibility and flexible working. And it's awesome to hear from him One, how it's impacted him in his personal life, but also how his firm is doing great things to accommodate flexibility and how his firm is showing that it's possible for you to work flexibly and for clients to be happy and for relationships to be maintained with clients, even if you're not working the traditional nine to five model. So. For anyone who's listening, who's out there, who's at a firm or who is um, a lawyer, who's looking at how they can possibly work more flexibly, then I hope that you found some inspiration in this episode. Now, if you want to learn more about Alan and connect with him or learn more about hybrid legal, then I'm going to be putting links in the show notes. So head over to lightboxcoaching.com forward slash episode 42, and then you can grab the link quick question for you. Have you joined the Careers Beyond Motherhood community? Okay, that's all from me today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. As always, it's lovely spending time with you. If you are enjoying the show, please do head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. Why? Because every rating and review helps more people to find the show and join in the conversation. Okay, it's time to say goodbye for this week. I hope you have an awesome week and I look forward to connecting with you again in the next episode. But until then, look after you and look after your babies. This podcast features music from Ben Sound.